You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, angels. Welcome to episode 64. All I can think about is the Beatles. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? (laughs) That's the first thing that popped in. Um, but that is that has nothing to do with our topic for today. I'm actually really excited about our topic for today because it's a um, a real, real important one. Um, it's usually the reason why people end up coming to see me. <laughs> so uh, what is it that we're going to talk about today? 10 ways to kill your cat. <laughs> Sorry. The minute we start recording, my cat decides to find herself in the most predicament, like... <laughs> weirdest spaces she's behind the monitors trying to turn herself around in this impossible space yes of course whilst knocking everything over of course (laughs) oh my god you guys are gonna get sick of me saying you know dealing with my cat on these podcasts but there she is it is all good she's part of she's part of the crew (laughs) she keeps us interesting um so um we are going to talk about today Taking personal responsibility. It's a little bit of a tough love today because um, like I find that we are in, we are in a very emotionally charged moment in in our lives with everything that's happening, with everything that we're experiencing and with all the things that um, we were, we were quick to blame others for what's happening to us where we want to have a scapegoat. We don't want to take personal responsibility because we feel if we did, it would be our fault. Yeah. That we couldn't blame somebody else for who we are, how we are, our actions. However, and reactions. Yes. But you know, friends, we're adults. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's just pause on that. Sad yeah. <laughs> Some days more exciting than others. Yeah. While I validate your trauma and I validate that things happen to you at an age where you didn't have control, that doesn't mean as an adult, you continually get to blame that person. You yeah. can, but you're going to get stuck there for a very long time. Um, and you know, and I, I hate to bring it as such a, like a tough love Debbie Downer kind of thing, but we don't understand that when we step into taking responsibility for ourselves, that's when we get to create the life we wish to lead. Yes. We're not at the mercy of our trauma. Yeah. Taking personal responsibility means, yes, this happened to me. Yes. I will work through that and heal that. However, I am my own person and I am responsible for the decisions I make. And, you know, it's not to say that people don't have depression or other issues that make normal day-to-day things hard and, and, and a little bit of a struggle, but at the essence of it, we are responsible for ourselves as an adult. Truly. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, it sounds, it sounds very tough lovey because it is you know, it's hard. It's hard, especially in certain situations to be able to say, this is on me. You know, I did that. You know, I reacted that way because of my trauma and not because it was necessarily the way I should have reacted in that moment. I get it. And I'm sorry. And being able to do that. But like you said, the flip side of that is that doing this is how you create a good life not doing it is how you remain stuck in anger, sadness, whatever it is that you're carrying because of your trauma. And so, I mean, while it is like tough love to be able to say, 
dude, this is yours to carry. It's also like, but <laughs> it's yours to carry. And then when you get to the certain point, it's going to explode into a glitter bomb of happiness. <laughs> it's, it's actually a good thing in the end to be able to do this because it, it, it frees you essentially, you know, and that, that is a good thing. It's just ugly at the beginning, you know, like most things that are forced. And this is what happens is it's kind of like forced by our trauma. You know, we're, we're not really wanting to do this. <laughs> this isn't the same as like embarking on a lovely hobby <laughs> that we're excited about. <laughs> I sure as hell didn't sign up for you to do all this trauma work because I don't know what the hell, but, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, I am also grateful that I have everything around me and the resources that I can do the work Yeah, because I know, as I said to a friend the other day, I know that the work that I do now will also help others. But I said, my next lifetime better be the best lifetime I've ever had. 100%. Because I'm tired of doing the trauma work. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be like, you know, well-fed, well-loved, you know, and I want to be able to receive all of it and allow love in and have no trauma and to be able to, you know, love other people and help them. And I, yeah, I, I, my next lifetime better be very, very, very magnificent. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need to be a queen. I don't need to be a princess. I don't even need to be a royalty. I just need to be somebody who's comfortably well off and a person who is just, you know, I got this, this round. I've, I've done a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like one of those people that we kind of look at and wonder of like, wow, you're just chilling, right? Like you're just chilling. I want to be you that work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work. Right. Yeah, I know we, we'd be those creepy people that just walk up to somebody. You must've done the work in your last <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Tell me your secret. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> security, security. <laughs> Like, listen, your soul, (laughs) your soul did all the work. (laughs) Where was the fine print that you didn't see on this contract? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, a lot of times it's, 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 it's triggered, you know, this kind of thing. And, and it is hard, man. Like I, especially, and I'm going to say this, the more you grow, the harder this gets, I think, because when you're kind of a mess, I've been there. That's kind of a mess. I generally expected there to be when I started on my like personal journey, I expected there to be tons of stuff that I was going to be like, there you go. I knew it. You know, I knew it. I felt it. Like you got a lot to work on, dude. Like you're going to sit down. There's going to be a ton of stuff, right? I was ready for it. Bring the train. We're doing it. But as those things clear and you start to feel great about your work, and where you've gone, when something comes up that makes you feel that way, I think it hurts me more now than it ever did when I just kind of assumed I was a mess and that, you know, it was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, everything else is kind of a messy. Of course, that's messy. Now it's kind of like, man, you know, like I'm, I'm almost disappointed for a second in myself. Like, how'd you miss that? (laughs) Like, work so hard. Or, you know, like, wow, that's really dark. How did that stay there? You know, and, and I have that moment that I have to pull myself out of and be like, okay, I mean, you really, this, what you're doing right now is wasting time (laughs) and trying to make yourself feel bad when you really just need to look at it, just look at it and move it. That's all we're trying to do here. And that it doesn't have to be a big dark hole that I stepped in. It can literally just be like, I bounced off a wall, like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to break that one down because I don't want to do that again. I don't like feeling that way. I mean, for me currently it's relationship triggers big time for me. Like I'm pretty okay. in a lot of other areas, relationship triggers still remain an issue for me. And having to take responsibility is hard to be able to say, well, this is your shit. Definitely. Right. Like that, but this is mine. And I need to work on it. It's not easy to say, especially when you've like had an argument with somebody. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to tell them they were right about anything. (laughs) I don't want to take any responsibility for this. It's like, yeah, well, you 
you can do that and you can keep having these conflicts or you can really, you know, just take that, that time and space for yourself, like admire that, you know, that you've even come this far without having to address it. <laughs> like it's, it's like a little pat on your back. All right, cool. You've managed to do it, but now you're going to go through it. Now you're going to, you're going to heal that up so that you're not doing it again in, in the future. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yep. And as you were talking, I'm getting, I'm, I'm like right in the middle of a ray of sunshine. And I feel like, I I'm, know I was staring at it. Like I'm envious. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here going, I'm closing my eyes. Like, Oh, I could stretch out and just be in this ray of sunshine. It's like death ray, you know, sorry. Um, no, I really, and truly, I mean, nobody can see this except us, but I'm watching it. I'm just like, so jealous. Cause I put up Halloween decorations. There's no sun coming through my windows until <laughs> See Halloween ends. See, see. <laughs> it's it's skulls and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, look at the sun. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Um, but I think too is that as we grow, we are able and capable of handling the deeper, the darker stuff. And I think that as we as we take more responsibility of our healing as we allow ourselves to own what we need to own. It doesn't mean, and, and, and friends, when we say take responsibility, we don't mean like to self-flagellate because you did something wrong or because you reacted uh, in a way that was negative. It's taking responsibility is saying, oh shit, yep, okay. I see that that was me or it's my responsibility to heal it. It's not that you have to take this as a punishment or negative. I think that's the thing when people hear responsibility, they take that as a negative thing. Like you're being punished. You're not, you're just, you're taking parts of your life that is controlling your life's trajectory and changing it and healing it and really giving yourself a bigger opportunity to lead a more loving, caring, open life. Yeah. That's what you're doing when you take responsibility. You're giving yourself that second chance at having a better life. Mm-hmm. Because if we continue, and I could, I could blame my mother till the cows come home. God, I have so much to blame her for. I could. And I know what she's done. And I know her, how her actions have affected me. But I had to let that shit go. I had to let her, I had to have the understanding that she took care of me in the only way she knew how the only way that she could have, and that there was nothing more she could have done with what Mm -hmm. she had. And for me, that acceptance leads me to say, okay, but how do I deal with what, how it's affected me? Because I've never, there's never, this is not about retribution. You can't, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to realize you're never going to get the, I'm sorry's. You're never going to get the, I was wrong because they don't understand. They still don't understand because they still don't have the capacity to understand what it is you need. And that's normal. Right. And it doesn't take back what happened, exactly. right? Like we, we, we have no problem saying that like in a relationship sense, right? Like, oh, sorry, doesn't take back what you've done. Yeah. But it's like, when we think about all of the rest of it, like that sorry is a sign of respect, but it's still, the shit's still going to be there. We still have to face it. We still have to work through the trauma, even with the, the I'm sorry, or I'm not sorry. And I'm going to tell you, man, I worked in addictions for long enough that I watched people, I watched parents cry and say they were sorry because they really were. And it didn't matter. That addict sat there and said, I don't believe you. Why? Because that's not what they needed. They didn't actually need the apology there. They needed to let go and have the acceptance that, what happened happened and going forward, I can change my trajectory. Yeah. Yep. And you know, it's, it's moving forward and living a life of your choice, choice, despite what has happened, despite yes. the trauma, despite whatever else you've experienced, you know, and sometimes in spite yeah. <laughs> of it. I mean, think about it, friends. I, I wasn't complete in my journey when I moved to Arizona, nor was I complete with my journey when I moved to the Pacific Northwest. I wasn't, I was creating my, my life and how I wanted to, despite the fact that I'm still working on healing. 
So it's not this, don't think that, oh, my life has to stop until I'm here. No, no, no. You can live your life. You can begin to lead the life you want to live. And what'll happen is there'll be moments that you'll find that it'll hit up against your trauma. And you'll be like, oh, there's something for me to unpack because I'm not, you know, just the other day I had said to somebody, who was it? I don't remember who it was. And I said to them, you know what? I want to live a life where I can allow the love that people have for me inside. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I have a really hard time because I don't know how it feels. I don't understand how to do that. Because the first people in my life as a child that were supposed to love me really didn't in a way that I could connect with. So, you know, but that doesn't mean that because I had that happen to me, that I'm never going to not continuously try to open myself up to feeling love. You know, it doesn't mean that love isn't there. It doesn't mean just because I'm not feeling it or connecting to it. It doesn't mean that it's not out there surrounding me. Mm-hmm. It has because who, I mean, look at, I have, you know, my friend Yeshua. I have my friend Saya. I have Vanessa. I have, you know, Ayla. I have all the Freud's angels. You know, I have all the people in my life here who, who, you know, just care about me so much. And while I connect to it in doses, Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm still working at it, but that, but that doesn't sign my fate. Had I, you know, shut that part of off myself because my mother didn't love me the way I wanted her to, I wouldn't be even trying. I'd want to blame my mom and just never feel love. Well, that's mm-hmm. a shitty way to live. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Like hear it, hear it, what you, what you just heard apply it to your life and really understand that that's exactly what you're doing. If you're not doing this work is really saying, I am not even going to try. I'm just going to live a loveless life. I've decided. (laughs) Yeah. And and talking about relationship issues. Okay. And this is maybe, I I know we've done a couple of podcasts on relationships, but this triggers me is that (laughs) when we're in relationships, the thing of it is, is that and, and this is not every relationship, but a lot of people will step into a relationship expecting everything that they need to be there already. Yeah. And that's never going to be the case. Yeah. It's, it's only going to be the case when, um, like you've been together and you've, you've shared each other and shared how you feel and what your needs are and, and how, what the things that you do need and the struggles you may have, like, I struggle with allowing people in to love me. Like I I don't understand how to feel that. And I don't understand how to allow that into my life. Like that person, I don't, I can't expect that person to know the secret code into getting me to feel the love that they have for me. Like I can't, it's too impossible. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if I don't know it, how do I expect somebody else to know it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when, when we, you know, when we step into relationships and we talk about them, we have to remember is that we have a lot of filters and we have a lot of triggers and we have a lot of things that things will hit up against. And when we take responsibility for those things, and even though, yeah, you don't want to admit that he, that they were right in any way, shape or form, God forbid. Or that, yeah. Or that I was wrong in any way, shape or form is really the problem. Yeah. <laughs> But in doing so, you're creating a life that is equitable for you. Yeah. So that is equitable for, um, you know, for both people. You're cre- you're creating like a space where either that partner is going to really react and show up and, and be there and, and be part of the process, or they're going to be like, man, this isn't for me. And you know, you just need to move on. So, you know, well, there's trust. There's a lot of trust that goes into that too. You know, like, and, and each, each traumatic thing that we address has their little sub subtopics and sub roots and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I find a lot of times because I mean, let's face it as much as Freud was a cuckoo himself, <laughs> he was on the right track with early development being, you know, pivotal 
to how we are as adults. I mean, that that's why we still talk about him with all of the other crackpot stuff that he did, because that root of psychology is 100% across every single theory, across all of life. Yeah, because that's when our brains are development developing. That's, you know, it's just how it works, how anatomy and, and emotions work. But a lot of us have issues when it comes to like that love and parenting and what it looks like and and as the generations have gone on the exposure to other things makes children think different things you know like I remember growing up and watching the Cosby show and I loved the Cosby show we didn't do that shit in our house there were things I had to work through of like that's a tv show and even though that's there like you still have those family values it just looks different in your house I could have you know, gone off and like blamed my parents for not doing better in life so that I could blank, 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 you know, because I had idolized this family, you know, I could have done that. But luckily for me, you know, (laughs) falling into this, this thing, I was like, oh, no, no, you just got to deal with what that did to you, you know, so that you don't carry that going forward. But when it comes to stepping into relationships and stuff like that, there's, there's a lack of trust, right? Like I can't trust if somebody loves me or not, because I don't know what it feels like, like what you were saying, you know, like that's the kind of power statements that people will, you know, be able to say when they're sitting in a session. Like, I don't, I can't trust that I even know when somebody loves me because I don't know what it feels like. And because I don't trust, I can't allow it to happen. So how do I, you know, like it's, I mean, they really take that apart to be like, this is a big problem. (laughs) And it's like a wheel of a problem, (laughs) you know, like, it's not just one thing it's it kind of goes around and around and around and being able to stop that wheel and really say well what does love look like look like to you where did you get your early thoughts of what love was supposed to look like where did you get your early like ideas of who loved you or who didn't love you and what did they do or did what did they not do you know and just going that deep to be able to say like let's find some things that that are that are clues that you're loved and and build on those kind of things. But when, I mean, that's not work. You can just sit on a a Sunday outside and do, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's, uh, you know, you usually need somebody to bounce that, you know, bounce that off of I'm a therapist and I need it, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's pivotal to be able to do that. But I mean, that myriads of, of issues like that in relationships for me, it's like, I don't eat, I don't know how to trust a man without thinking it's dependence, first of all, which y'all, everybody knows I'm misindependent over here. So you can't get in the way of that. But also because there's been a lot of untrustworthy men in my life, yeah. starting with my biological father that that is a big repair. That is a long-term repair. And that means that people coming into my life, wanting to be in a romantic relationship with me, get, they've all gotten a different version of me because I, it's a continuous growth, but I have to know that about myself and be able to check that when I start to reject, when I start to withdraw, when I start to do all those things, like, what are you doing right now? You know, are you doing the independence, the, 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 the bad kind (laughs) right now, or is it a good kind, right? Like, and really being able to do that, I have to own that. I can't blame the other person for not being blank enough or being too whatever. That's not on them. I have to teach them me and allow them to be them, you know, and, and, and really see how that works. But I mean, that's just one example, right? Like, so we've both talked about relationships those are, and, and two issues that come up in relationships. That's, I mean, that's only two things and that's a big law of work. Yeah. <laughs> so just imagine, you know, like if you're sitting here listening, I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I want you to just, it's more of an understanding that these things aren't a 10 minute. Okay. I said it. So now it exists. Right. You know, we, we do want to move forward and create better, but it takes some time and it takes some digging and we, you need to get at the roots and it's yours to do. <laughs> that's the, that's the sucky part. It's like, yeah. it is yeah. ours to do. We have yeah. to sit down and say, 
yeah, here, here's, the, here's the shadow again. Here we go. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that taking personal responsibility, you know, it also means external of our parts of us, like, you know, taking personal responsibility of our space, of yeah. our, you know, our environment. Like, Amen. I know my house is absolutely chaos right now, but I know that's me. I don't blame anything else for it or anything, anyone else for it, because it's like, no, I, I, I'm struggling, but I recognize that I'm struggling. So I'm recognizing working through it bit by bit, you know, but I'm in that process of working through that so that I can create the home that I really intended it to be. And, but, you know, it's also, you know, how making sure that our responsibility, when you take responsibility for yourself, you're taking responsibility for your actions. Mm-hmm. internally externally yes. you're also understanding you're taking personal responsibility for how you show up in different environments whether it's at home whether it's at work whether it's at the grocery store whether it's wherever you show up online social media you know you have to take responsibility of what you're doing or not doing in order to just fully be aware of encompassing how you're presenting yourself into the world. Love that major. That was one of the major breakthroughs for me when it came to the relationship thing of like, dude, what are you putting out there? You know, what are you acting like you are? Because that's what, you you know, like you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of all, you know, everything is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you are going to act like it's going to happen, you know, and the language that was used and the things that were, um, you know, kind of like backhanded jokes on myself. Like, and now I see them with other people and I'm like, Oh girl, like <laughs> I know where you're at. <laughs> like I see, you know, like I see your pain essentially, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, ha ha ha. I see your pain. You know, like I know, cause I've been there, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is part of that responsibility, right? Like being able to say, hmm, I'm, I am, creating this I'm creating this environment for myself how do I expect good or better to come in if I'm literally building this village of not great <laughs> I don't want to say bad but not great <laughs> blame and, and and self-recrimination and like you know and, and whatever else like all the lowest vibrational stuff like yeah. you know it's you you can't it's very hard to have empathy and understanding of another human being and have an awareness of another human being when you aren't taking responsibility for yourself. Even if you're an empath, even if you're an empath, if you don't take your personal responsibility, you can't have true empathy for another human. Because when you take personal responsibility for yourself, that means you're having empathy for yourself because you you want to create that ultimate life. Mm Mm-hmm. And you want to create something different. And so in order to do that, you have to see the the goodness in you. You have to see that you're deserving of a better life, not the life that maybe somebody else created for you as a child, but a better life as an adult. Like you have to see that part of you. You have to kind of almost have empathy and caring and a little bit of compassion for yourself then you can step in to having empathy and compassion for others because you may see their woundings. You may see where they're struggling, but if you're not taking personal responsibility for it, you can't see that you're, mm-hmm. you're projecting your pain, your upset, your trauma, you're projecting it outward. And what are you going to get in the world when you're, what happens? Well, manifesting one-on-one, if you're projecting yourself and your pain out into the world, because you're blaming someone else, what's going to happen? You're going to get that mirrored back to you. You're going to have more situations where it highlights that type of trauma, where it reinforces that type of trauma. You, you're not going to have that space to say, oh, you know, I, that's not what I wanted. Or you're just going to feel, and then you're going to feel more victimized because that's what you're putting out there that I'm the victim of this. You're going to get more situations where you're victimized, more situations. So like, when you need to 
like really understand maybe you've had a series of unfortunate events or you've um, been in a situation where you feel like things are just not going well. What are you feeling internally? What are you not owning? What are you not looking at? What are you projecting? What do you feel about yourself and your situation? Are you giving away your power to somebody because you're angry and you want to blame them? So really take a look. If you, you know, if you're like, oh, well, life just sucks. Why? Where, where are you not taking your power back? Where are you projecting that into the, into the universe that it's reflecting back on you? Universe is neutral, friends. It's not going to pat you on the back and say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it's going to say, oh, she's projecting pain and trauma and frustration out. That must be what she wants in return. Right. Here's her comfort. There it is. Yeah. So like, we really have to be careful and we really have to be brutally honest with ourselves about where we're not taking responsibility, where we're, we're blaming others, where we're not being the person that we want to be. And, you know, and just to say, okay, how, how do I shift this? How do I shift that personal responsibility? And where can I take more responsibility and under, have understandings and, and compassion for yourself? I actually, I was very triggered by a post the other day and I, and it was, it took me a long time to compose <laughs> any form of a, a, a response. And I almost didn't do anything because I am of the believer of like, just scroll on if you think you're going like, to start a fight because it's not that important. Um, but this felt important. Um, because of the person that had posted it was someone that I had spoken about their own personal stuff. And and to me, this felt like a, a, like a backward step, but anyway, it was about, um, people who had been abused and, um, the original poster kind of went on a very big rant about the forgiveness aspect and, you know, just kind of. I mean, it was very negative, very negative, very low vibe about how uh, essentially, I mean, to sum it up, if I have been abused, I'm allowed to be angry forever. And, and while I was like, yeah, but I, I also just really, it was just dripping with, I'm going to be miserable forever because I had been abused. And I was like, uh, the word forgiveness, if that's not comfortable for you, that's fine, but you do have to move past this or you will carry it as this and continue to live in this space that you're still in. And that's the thing about that personal responsibility, right? Especially when we've been abused in any way, it is, it feels like you're giving a free pass to the person who abused you. Like, now I'm going to like, like somehow because they abused you, you had a good life is really like what it translates to when you let go of it and you move forward and, you know, just kind of let go of it really. And, and so it took me a long time to figure out, first of all, what I, what was triggered in me, you know, because I was like, why am I so like hot about this? <laughs> like, dude, like, you don't want to be a victim, you know, a victim shamer in this moment. But I was like, all I see is victim, you know? And I was like, I don't, I want power. Like, where's the power in this? And that was where like, I kind of went where I was like, I mean, I get it. You don't want to forgive. You don't have to forgive. You don't have to use that word. You don't have to say, you don't have to have empathy for your abuser. You don't. Yeah. I mean, if you do, you get more freedom a hundred percent, right? Like it, it conceptually that makes sense, but it's not necessary for moving forward to have empathy for your abuser, not necessary, but you do have to have acceptance. You do have to have that personal responsibility of not allowing it to shape your future. And that was the part that I couldn't, I couldn't handle not seeing for that one person who had reposted it because I was like, oh my gosh, don't go back into that space. Don't go back into that space. Like you're almost in that, you almost came out of that of like, no, I can live a free and empowered life. It was like watching them fall backward into, no, I'm going to be angry forever. I'm allowed to be angry forever. And I was like, oh God, but like, are you going to be tortured forever? Is that what you're choosing right now? Is that what you're telling me feels comfortable for you? 
ah, it hurts to watch, you know, and, and that's part of this that we're talking is some of this stuff gets really heavy and really ugly and very uncomfortable. And I get it, but the truth of the matter is we can't move past it. There's no, like you had said earlier, there's no retribution. It doesn't exist. The thing I want to highlight with what you just said is that this whole time we've been talking about this, never once have we used the word forgiveness. We have used the word acceptance. hundred percent. Sometimes you can't, there isn't a level of forgiveness because And a lot of times it's not, it's not about forgiving them, but it's about forgiving yourself Mm. for having given away your power, for having loving that person anyways, even though they abused you, it's Mm. you, you know, it's sometimes as the victim, the anger isn't directed at them. It's directed at yourself. It's self-directed because usually a person who's been abused, there is a, they take on, they, they take the reason for being abused as who they are. They take personal responsibility for it. So along the lines of what you were saying, be very careful about how much of that you hold on to, because is it directed at you really, instead of being directed at that other person? Because it's like you, you know, people will say to you, why did you stay? Why did you stay? Those mantras become self-internal. Why did I stay? I'm so stupid. Why did I leave? Why did I see the red flags? You know, you begin to self-internalize some of those statements. So be very clear about where your anger is pointed. But anyways, back to the idea of forgiveness. Sometimes it isn't about forgiving people. It's the first step and sometimes the only step for some is acceptance. Yes. Acceptance that that person Radical acceptance. did that to you. And there was, and it had nothing to do with you as a human. And it had everything to do with who they are as a human or they're in, like whether they're capable or incapable of being what you needed or wanted them to be, you know? So it's just like accepting the situation for what it was. It's not letting them off the hook. It's not, it's not like, invalidating your experience because i think the people that hold on to that anger feel invalidated for what they went through 100 mm-hmm. and they're going to so, continue to look for validation by being angry right if i continue to be angry then people will continue to validate my feelings and then i'll feel better because there's a per- certain part of them internally that invalidates themselves yeah. and tells themselves that they're just being stupid or whatever but anyways mm-hmm. so so important we I hesitate always to use the word forgiveness, um, but I, I am very quick to use the word acceptance because acceptance means I accept what the situation was, good or bad. However, I choose to move on and heal the effects it has on my life. No not, not, and it can be, that can be life-changing in itself, just the acceptance part of it. Because then you can, you can kind of learn to detach from the situation. You learn to detach from what happened and you can begin to pick apart all those little knots of the thread that holds that whole situation together. And you can begin to unravel it in a, in a way that's more empowered, that you can continue to have a happy life, lead a happy life, despite that event from happening. So be very clear that we're not saying you must forgive. No, we're totally on the acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, side of that where sometimes there is no forgiveness. Right. And it's fine because people do things that are yeah. ugly and we don't have to, like I said, I mean, you, if, if you can find that, you know, like recently, um, re- recently, like this week, um, one of the terrorists who was part of the beheadings, um, was finally brought to justice. He pleaded guilty. There's not a, um, a a sentence yet for him, but one of the people that he murdered was somebody like from a family that we went to high school with. I mean, it was very personal. And I, I remember when that whole thing happened and, um, the mom of, of Jim, kind of saying 
you know, whatever, whatever is wrong with this person who murdered my, my son, I'm not going to hold on to it because it, it happened. You know, he's not here anymore. So I can hold hate in my heart and I can, you know, I, I'm pretty sure she's, she's a therapist. So <laughs> she probably had a little bit of head start on it, but you know, she's like, it's not going to do me any good. I'm going to fight for justice right? Like in the only way that's possible, you know, like you shouldn't get away with doing that to my child, but I'm not going to let it torture me for the rest of my life. And it was so powerful. And it, it, to me, I was like the amount of work that it, it took to be able to get to that space is unbelievable to me, but I see the freedom of her life from then on. And that being able to still enjoy doesn't mean she didn't love her son. Doesn't mean that it wasn't a terrible fucking tragedy that should have never happened. It just means that she's like, I don't need to have, I I can still have a life. I should have a life. I'm still here. And why would I do that? My kid wouldn't want that for me. He wouldn't want me to live the rest of my life tortured, you know? And, and to me, I was like, that if that person can find that space. Anybody can find that space. It's just a matter of allowing it to happen, allowing yourself to conceptualize it in such a way that allows you to say, I deserve to be free from this. I don't deserve to be under that person's that abused me's thumb for the rest of my life. I'm literally allowing them to control me for the rest of my life. Why am I doing that? I will accept of what they did. And again, like words mean something to all of us, but we also have a hard time reconceptualizing words (laughs) and allowing them to have other meanings because I've even had people say, well, I don't accept it. It wasn't good. I'm like, I didn't say to say it was good, except radical acceptance is to say that it is what it is. That's the only thing that it is. It's not to accept it as right. It is to accept it as an event that occurred that we can't change we don't have time travel at this point that we're aware of that we can control so we have to just move on you know in one way or another and it's hard I get it forgiveness is not a word that people like fine acceptance of it is what it is even if you have trouble with that whatever you need to say in order to say full stop on the past controlling me and full gas pedal on me influencing positively my future. Yeah. That is my responsibility to do that. The other person, my abuser cannot walk into my house and fix this for me. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, and, and with that, if you need a visual friends, think about it. It's like that person abused you for that moment in time when you were with that human. And if you can't find some level of acceptance to create the life that you deserve they're still abusing you yep continuously even though they're not physically in your presence Mm -hmm. you're allowing that abuse to be perpetrated throughout your whole life if you can't step forward and bring that responsibility of okay, I, I want to accept the situation for what it was, not letting anybody off the hook, not invalidating how I feel and the effects of it, but I deserve a better life. I don't, I deserve a life free of what they did to me. Absolutely. And the only way to do that is through that, is through that level of kind of accepting mm-hmm. and, and stepping forward. And I, I just, I, I'm really glad this took this tangent because it, it, I think that's where people get stuck. And that's where people get, you know, really hung up with the idea of, but I don't want to forgive them. You know, I have to make them pay. Like so far, you're the only one paying. I don't know. I don't see anybody else paying here. I see them sitting, like if we want to visualize it and I love a visual, I see them sitting in the corner going, I still control you. Like that sucks. Like that's, it enrages me to think of that. Yeah. I don't want that. I want to flip the finger at that person and be like, you don't control me anymore. Like it's an unfortunate incident where you did, but not anymore. Like it's almost like flipping a middle finger in the face. No matter what you've done to me, you will never hold me down. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I hate that we perpetuate that by wanting to hold on to the pain and the anger because, you know, it, 
doesn't mean it's not there if you have acceptance, if you allow yourself. I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to forgive anybody, but having it, like I said, it, for me, it was essential. It was essential for me to move on with my life. I yeah. could have stayed angry at my mother. I could have held her accountable for all the shit that's wrong with me. I could have held her accountable for all the things in my life that didn't work out that, you know, that, that, you know, if she would have done this or she would have done that, I would have been a better human. I would have been in a different place and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, I had to find acceptance because it allowed me to continue my healing journey and continue the process I have in order to live the life I want to live. I don't want to live. I don't want my mother to further dictate how my life is going to go based on me staying angry at her. I don't want it. She's had enough power. I don't want to give her more. (laughs) And that could make your life easy, right? Like I think sometimes people it's, they're afraid of the work. Yeah. I get it because it sucks. And so it is easier to kind of be like, oh, well, I mean, this, this is the way my life is. Okay. And, 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 and I mean, this is going to come out real harsh, but okay. You're choosing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at that point you are choosing it. So when you see, you know, like when we come to awareness of, of a concept and we choose to turn back toward it, that is your choice. You can't blame the other person for you making a choice to stay there. any more than you could you know blame target for the amount of money you spent there (laughs) right I can blame the bullseye playground but I was the one playing in the bullseye playground to spend all the money yeah you know um and I had written down while you were well while you were talking because I was like this is the big time thing you know like you everybody knows how I like to shit on our society and I'm about to do it again um the the outside validation thing right? Like, so, so you had mentioned like holding on to it. Um, we have like a, a problem in our society of that, of, and we've talked about this in other trauma series of the attention that we get and the outside validation feeling like real validation. And so we crave it and we keep looking for it and we stay stuck in those patterns because that outside validation has now taken the place of healing. Cause I feel good. I feel right. I feel justified. I feel vindicated. Yeah. Right. Like I feel vindicated in the rightness of how wrong that person was and, uh, still they're controlling you dudes. Like (laughs) if you still have to live that narrative, that person is still controlling you. You do not have the upper hand because everybody agrees with you because you're still living in the nightmare that they've created for you. And outside validation has become so big, I think, today because our society lacks connectivity, true connectivity. So people are really searching for it in any way that they can get it. And our need for validation from other people has increased exponentially, at least in the last 20 years. We have become less self-sufficient emotionally because we're not connected to other people and we're not connected to ourselves. And we, we allow what others feel to create a, a sense of how we see ourselves. We're, we're giving so much power away yes. to so many people and so many things, i.e. social media, yeah, God. that we don't have a sense of self. Mm-hmm. We're separate looking. from what other people validate. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I think a lot of that comes from the idea of, you know, I, I don't knock families who have to have two working parents. I get it. You have to do it to survive these days, but there was always a core. The, the thing is, is that as a parent, there was always that core sense of getting you who you were from your parents. There was always a parent who really made you feel good and gave you your identity and helped you create your identity in life. And because kids are so into social media so quickly, because they're into giving it away to people in such a rapid manner, they're not looking to their parents to create their identity. They're looking to their friends. They're looking to society. They're looking to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok Mm -hmm. and 
who you who you are and what what label you fit into um and I think that that's hard and I think it's also hard for a lot of people because their parents reject who they want to be totally who they are and I think that that also plays into it but I digress but you know we in in giving up that power and wanting that external validation you're giving up power to someone who sees you for a nanosecond it doesn't know your full story absolutely they don't know the full impact of what's happened Mm -hmm. they don't know and they don't understand anything about you they don't they're just double tapping liking they're just saying they're just supporting you in a way that may not really be even authentic yeah because Mm-hmm. they don't they don't know who you are they don't know you know what you've been through they don't know you know anything about the other person they don't know so you're relying you're getting validation it's false validation this is why we have like famous people committing suicide yep they're loved right yeah we know they're loved i know i loved like i just saw a post yesterday that had you know these are the faces of depression and it had a lot of you know a lot of those people and one post like actually made me cry made me cry thinking about it right now and it was the wife of chester bennington and it was a picture she had taken the day before he committed suicide and it is a family picture and he is smiling in it and she's like this is the day before my husband ended his life he does not look sad. He does not look upset. We love him. Everybody, everybody loved this man. It was not authentic in his mind. Yeah. And it didn't matter how much, how many likes he got. It didn't matter, you know, and we don't know inside of his mind, but I'm sorry, you can't be famous and not allow that to enter into your, you know, love stream of people just like me because of blank. Yeah. They don't really love me or they don't really know me. If they really knew me, they wouldn't love me, you know, and it makes it it sinks further and further when there's millions of people that you think fake like you. I mean, really thinking about that outside external validation as not being real. That's those are extreme cases, but it's the same feeling. So an Instagram model, right? Like somebody who gets lots of likes on Instagram they're measuring their life now by likes and believe you me, they know that those likes are not authentic most of the time. Yeah. But they, it's all they got. And you know, and it's funny, it's like, it's like building your foundation with sticks. Yeah. And that, and and that wave of, of, it's just going to come and it will wipe you out one moment where you're creating a situation and a foundation of, relying on false validation to support you in your journey Mm -hmm. and all it takes is one day of not receiving as many likes you take one person to you know come in and be a troll or something and your foundation is just going to be wiped away Right. Cause that's, a, that's going to be the actual validation, right? So <laughs> like the troll is the one who does the real validation because I do feel shitty about myself. Troll. You're right. What yeah. you said is right about me. Yeah. That's why I'm doing all of this. And yeah. that's why I'm triggered by you yeah. more than I'm triggered by the hundreds of other people who said a nice thing about me. Yeah. Because I believe you. Yeah. You, you, you've exposed the darkness within me. Yeah. The shadow. Yeah, it sucks, but it's true, man. And you're right. You know, like the more that, you know, the more that we have these outside influences and I mean, I love social media. I do, (laughs) but I'm very detached from that thought process of likes equaling my value, thankfully, because I really do see how that can change something. You know, like I've, I've had people even comment to me of like, you know, you you got a lot of likes on a picture and then I felt bad because some other post of yours got three likes and I'm like I don't even know what you're talking about like because I'm not thinking that way like I share things because I want to share things and I'm not you know like I'm not in that headspace but when I hear that I'm like oh it's like that reminder like wow everybody's not in that space a lot of people 
actually are not in that space because they're, you know, like this is our world now. Yeah. Our world is, is, is a lot done, especially over the pandemic, over the internet, right? So how else are we going to be connected? We're going to be connected by how many people see our stuff, how many people like our stuff, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's ugly. And, and like when people are like, we shouldn't have social media, half of me, you know, of course it's like, you're right. <laughs> the other half is like, but I really like it. It really makes my life convenient in terms of not having to contact a lot of people all the time. <laughs> right? It's like, I really get to be updated on people's lives without having to have an hour conversation with each one of them. I don't have that kind of time in my life. And I'm interested in a lot of people's lives. I'm invested personally <laughs> in a lot of people's journeys. <laughs> and maybe it's not so much about social media should be there. Maybe it's about teaching people how to cope with the ins and outs and the emotional ramifications of using social media. Yes. Yes. I think that's a better, because social media isn't going anywhere, friends. No. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. a better topic is how to help people cope through social media and, you know, and the emotional ramifications of, of getting used to how many likes or the, 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 sweet siren song of validation that Mm -hmm. comes with being popular on Facebook and how that can turn ugly. 100%. That is a very beautiful side tangent that we went on. I wrote it down because I think it's huge. I think it's huge for even the topic, you know, to bringing it back to what we're talking about. A lot of people use social media in order to escape personal responsibility. Yep. Right. In order to continue the, 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 you know, the, the story about the other person being so super wrong. And we're going to talk about it over and over and over again. I'm not going to do any work on myself because I don't have to, all of these people agree with me. All these people on social media say I'm right to be angry. So I'm going to be angry without seeing the like, but do you want to be angry? Are you excited about being angry for the rest of your life? Because you have to be now, you feel like you have to be or else your story is now invalid, right? Because that's the real thing, right? Like that's, that's that push pull of if I let go and go have a good life, does that mean the event was not tragic? That's what people are starting to think. Yep. Right. People that somebody's going to say, oh, it must not have been so bad. I mean, you're fine now. Yeah. But, but people are going to say that anyways, right? Exactly. Anyways. And, you know, and really, to be honest, I'd rather live a good life and have somebody say that to me and just be like, you don't even know. And and then, and move on because I just, yeah, man, I tell you what, I tell you what, (laughs) that's just, if y'all can see her face right now, (laughs) it it makes me want to rage because I'm like, because you're, you're perpetuating the pain of your abuser that's into your eternal being and you're not living your life. And holy shit, is your next lifetime going to be really sh- like hard work because <laughs> you're refusing to do the work now? Yeah. Yeah. It's like every time I see that, that thing, and I've shared it more than once in my life, um, you know, a lot of times after like, like I, I, I shared it in many different forms, <laughs> after my last like traumatic breakup but essentially the whole idea of I don't need to be a hero in every story anymore if I'm your villain and if you need to tell everybody that I'm the villain I don't care I release myself from that story I'm just writing myself out as a character and going to live in a whole different story I don't need to be part of that. I don't need to go tell everybody that this person was wrong and make it my life's quest to be seen great in the eyes of people who are not even my friggin' people. If you are on that side, if you're listening and you're hearing and you want to hear that story and you want to live that story, you don't want, I don't want you in my life. Go over there, be over there. I'm going over here. (laughs) I just don't need it. I don't need to, I don't need to. And it's hard because um, for me personally, it is really effing difficult, you know, when somebody says something about, oh, well, you know, is that really the way you're, you're, is that really the way it went down or what happened? And it's like, I don't, it's very low vibe. 
Yeah, it is. I'm like, you see me, you know me. If you don't know me, you can get to know me and you can form your own opinion. I'm not going to tip for tat that. I'm not going to defend. I don't need to defend to the people who know me, the people who love me, the people who are my people. Yeah. Wow. And I don't, and in the same way, I don't need to villainize that person. I don't, I don't tell the whole story. I don't need to. Yep. I need to be released. Goodbye. I love the story. <laughs> you know, for a very long time, you know, like I, I did that to my mom. I was very much like angry at her. And so I made her the Disney villain and I really, and now I'm just like, my mom was my mom and she is who she is. And, you know, it just, there's nothing I'm going to do to change that. I can't do it. It's not up to me, nor if she doesn't want to change she has to accept that she was something wrong and yeah. she doesn't get it. She's not emotionally mature enough to understand what it is I'm saying. So I don't even talk to her about it. I don't even talk to her about anything about healing, about what she did, how I took it. There's only one or two times I've ever explained a few things to her because she was open at that moment to hear it, but no change is ever going to come out of that. No change is ever going to, she's never going to be like, well, I'm sorry. Or, you know, but even then it's like, it's not what I want her to do because anything she does is still in that vein of, of how things have always been done. And so now I'm just like, my mom is my mom. We have a relationship built in the way that I'm okay with that I've constructed because she's my mom. But, and even when I stopped talking to her for a good year and a half, I was okay in doing that too, you know, but I had to do the work to find the acceptance so that I could create a relationship that was okay with me, that had boundaries, that had understanding, that I had to redirect a lot of her, the way she said things. And I had to ask for clarity to make sure that she was telling me what she really meant versus the words that came out of her mouth. Yes. So a lot of times, you know, you know, I chose to have a relationship with my mom. Now, sometimes we don't have to, we don't have to choose to have a relationship with that person anymore, but in doing that, taking responsibility for me and how I am and who I am, I, you know, I had to find that acceptance. I had to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to work on the acceptance I have around the situation and, and just, and then move on from there and work from there. Cause uh-huh. you can't, there's some people that you can never work through things, you know, on that level with, because they don't get it. I mean, unless your parent was a psychologist, you really, you really, it's hard. Well, and even then some of them are very, you know, like, God, imagine you're, you know, like your parent is a Freudian, (laughs) like of, of that, like belief and won't believe in any of the other theory type things like, worse like I don't know what's worse in that position but you know like you're living better because of that you know like and being able to say like I can I can always steer this in a way that I can keep my peace and I can keep my my flow and I can I can live a happy life because I don't need to dwell in this ugly place I don't want to be in it you know and that was what you did you said I'm gonna I'm gonna create something I can live in without it disturbing my peace. And if it disturbs my peace, I will redefine it. Yeah. And, and that's that power. That's that, that taking, taking it back and being able to say, I don't want my entire life story. I don't want to look back on my entire life story and say, I lived miserably because somebody didn't know how to parent me. And instead of reparenting myself and making a good life for me, I didn't. I just had a miserable one. Yeah. That sucks to think about. It does. I mean, when I did find acceptance and I did decide to take back that level of power, that's, that's, that's when my life changed, moved to Arizona. I, I, I made big changes that led to greater healing that led to me being free of that energy and to be able to understand it, create it, heal it and heal everything else too, that has come along since then. Because when you're so focused and angry on one thing, all the other things that show up, you don't see them because you're so focused on this one thing. Right. Right. So, yeah, (laughs) it's a beautiful thing. I mean, long story short, (laughs) if you do the work, you'll have a good life and that's the end of it. Yeah. 
that's the be all end all, no matter what we can pull out examples all over the place of all kinds of disadvantage of all kinds of abuse of all kinds of disability. We can bring them out at you and show their good lives that they've created for themselves. It is not about circumstance. It is about attitude and movement in your, and, and taking responsibility and, and empowerment of your emotional journey. You yep. can drive it in whatever direction you want to, but know that you're the driver. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And with that, I hope that we've helped you encourage all of you to take responsibilities for your life, for yourself, for your emotion, for your actions, your inner, your outer world. I know we threw a lot at you, a little bit of tough love, but that's because we want to empower you to be able to do that. And that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. Empowerment doesn't come from blaming others. Empowerment comes from taking your power back from others and having that radical acceptance and stepping forth into a space of what, how do I want to create my life? Sure. You can't do that. Like I said, I kind of, uh, it, it empowers me even more spite. <laughs> I take it as like, I'm going to take your negative energy that you threw at me and I am going to supercharge it. <laughs> and like, I'm adding it like in a chemistry way to my positive and I'm going up higher. Like, it's almost like a thank you. Like, watch what happens. Watch what you just did. <laughs> because I'm going to level up because of it. (laughs) Like it makes me feel good. Like that's the story that I like to tell because it helps me feel, it helps me stay in that space instead of going back to the woe is me space that I know I can go into at any time. You know, like there's a lot of circumstances still in my life today that had nothing to do with me and had everything to do with, you know, stuff that happened, you know, but it now has to do with me because I can choose to live in it or I can choose to just, okay, how do I get some power from that? What's the, what's the, what's the turnaround here? What's the gain that I can create from this? Yeah, absolutely. How is this shit going to fertilize my garden? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) So we love you guys. We we really hope that It'll give you some food for thought. If you're unsure how to find acceptance, maybe if you're unsure of where you're not taking responsibility and you need some honest help, we're here to help. We're here to help you with that or take it to your therapist and say, Hey, I need to find out where I'm not taking responsibility. I need to find acceptance in X, Y, Z. They'll help you. They'll help you. So we live for that. literally <laughs> the client comes in with some self-awareness around taking responsibility it's like christmas to a therapist absolutely like step <laughs> one done yeah <laughs> now we're cooking with gas right <laughs> so oh, all right my love you all for listening love you guys love y'all thank you for joining us on freud's angels We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.